With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our celebration of Black History Month with a discussion about Viola Davis. And I have Tiffany on. It's just going to be Tiffany and I for this one, but it should be a lot of fun. I love having those intimate back and forth conversations sometimes on the show as well. But before we get into that, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Remember, we are taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. Just click the link in the show notes or go to our anchor page and click listener support there. And remember, 50% of what we see from that will go to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. Um, And also, we have our Redbubble store. So if you need a new coffee mug, a new sweatshirt, a new mask, head over to that store. And remember, 50% of what we see from there will also go to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. I also want to put it out there that if you have any organizations that you want to make sure get some notice, um, maybe organizations that aren't as widely known or anything like that, please feel free to reach out to us via our social media platforms or email. Okay, so let's get into this episode. And first, I'm going to ask Tiffany what she's into in pop culture right now. Well, hello. Hi. Hey, hello to everybody. (laughs) And uh, I know I mentioned on last recording uh, under Denzel that I'm obsessed with uploads. So I'm going to say it again that I'm obsessed with <laughs> uploads. But besides that, I am watching um, the stand on CBS All Access. It's uh, based off of the Stephen King novel. It's it's got its moments of um, being really interesting. And then it's got some moments that are like, hey, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> But James Marsden is in it. So, of course, I'm going to continue to watch because it's James Marsden. <laughs> I, I agree with you on him. I, I love him. That's uh, kind of made me go, maybe I should check this out. Yes. Because yes. he's in it. Exactly. <laughs> I adore him. Exactly. I've loved him since um, Disturbing Behavior. Remember that movie with Katie I, Holmes? <laughs> I do. I do remember that movie. Really not a good movie, but James Marsden once again. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And his scene, um, and I don't like Katherine Heigl either. We've talked about that before on here. But his scene in um, 28 Dr- Dresses with the, when they're dancing to Benny and the Jets, yes. uh, one of the best scenes ever, hands uh, down. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I, he's one of those actors that I think because he's so incredibly good looking, people don't 
uh, overlook the fact that he's a really great actor, that he's yeah. really, really strong. And people are like, oh, you know what, he's just coasting on his on his good looks and everything. And yes, he is very good looking, exceptionally good looking. <laughs> but he's also a very, very fine actor as well. Um, so yeah, they have to look beyond the physical. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And this is Aaron. And by the time this airs, the Golden Globe nominations will already be out because those are being announced on Wednesday or the past Wednesday, since this will be Friday when you're hearing this. But I still want to put out into the universe <laughs> some nominations I'm hoping for. Um, number one, I really hope Regina King gets nominated for Best Director. Um, I hope all four actors from One Night in Miami get nominated. Um, I really do think Viola Davis and um, Chadwick Boseman are going to be nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I really do. I will be absolutely shocked if they are not. So maybe I shouldn't say absolutely shocked because then maybe I'll curse it from not happening. <laughs> but I really do think that's going to happen because that would be one of my other wishes, especially Chadwick. Um, but I also would love to see from Ma Rainey's, I would love to see Coleman Domingo get nominated too because... Um, I don't think his performance is talked about as much um, or enough, in my opinion. I think he is incredible as well. So I'd love to see that. Um, of course, since I am a huge Promising Young Woman fan, I want to see Emerald Fennell get nominated in Best Director and Best Screenplay. Carrie Mulligan, of course. Um, and I also, from that movie, I would like to see Bo Burnham sneak in to Best Supporting Actor. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be cool. So those are some of my Golden Globe hopes and wishes. And hopefully people will not be laughing at me when they're listening to this, because hopefully all those things will have happened. <laughs> that would be nice. I don't know if that's going to happen, but fingers crossed because it is the Globes and yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's get into Viola Davis. Um, I'm very excited for this one because I just, I love her and I can't wait to talk about her. Um, so I want to just talk about, like we did uh, for Denzel, even though I know I'm going to throw this to you again. <laughs> Hopefully this won't throw you off as much, Tiffany. But I'm going to just say, what is your favorite performance? <laughs> You're killing me, Erin. Sorry. Sorry. You're killing me, Erin. You are killing me. <laughs> so she has, um, you know, obviously she has less screen credits than somebody like Denzel has. Uh, but... I don't think that takes away from her impact overall. Um, and people are going to maybe look at me sideways when I say this, but I honestly think her performance in doubt is my favorite performance. And I know she gets like 10 minutes of screen time, which is ridiculous, but I'm telling you that is 10 of the, those are 10 of the best minutes I've ever seen in my life. So I honestly have to say it's doubt followed very, very closely, very closely by my ratings. Um, and she was just like, you know, an absolute revelation on screen in that. So I think doubt edges it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great choice though. She is incredible. And we're going to talk about that performance in just a minute here because it is amazing. She had, you know, 10 minutes of screen time and she outshone Meryl Streep. I mean, she just owned that scene and it was just, it's just amazing. So yeah, I think that's a great, a great one. Uh, mine is Fences. 
Um, that's personally my favorite of hers. Um, it is hard to choose one with her because I can't think of a single bad performance she's ever given. I don't think she'd be capable of it unless she tried really hard. <laughs> so I can't think of a bad performance. But for me, it's Fences. Um, I think she's such a powerhouse in that. And I, it makes me really want to see her on stage sometime. There are so many actors that I would just love to see on stage because I think there's something different and special about that. And she's one of them for sure. Okay, so let's talk about Doubt and her breakthrough scene in that. Because um, I know you said that is your favorite performance of hers. What was it about that performance um, that, that really hit you? I think the fact, like you said, she's acting opposite Meryl Streep. And we all know Meryl Streep is, is Meryl Streep. Um, she, like you said about Viola, it's going to be, you're going to be hard pressed to find a bad Meryl Streep performance, whether she's doing drama, whether she's doing comedy, uh, Meryl Streep is going to give you all of herself in a scene. And to top that, you know, you have an actor of, of just the best caliber and, and Viola really did that in that scene. Um, from it, it's not, it's not over the top. It's how a mother would react to hearing you know, to sharing this about their kid. Um, it's a quiet, almost sadness and rage at the same time. It really, really encapsulates, I think, how a lot of parents would react to news like that. Uh, if, if people haven't seen it, it's just an incredible scene. It, it's, I think it's a scene that probably people, that actors will study uh, to see how to play off of one another, number one, and then how to give an impact scene without overdoing it. So I do think that it will be placed in, I don't know, I've never been to acting school before, but however they do that, <laughs> I think that's what will happen. Um, they're like, look, see what Viola did. This is what you want to do. <laughs> Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. As someone who has taken a lot of acting classes, um, it definitely would be something that you would want to study because what's so great about it is the thing you're trying to find when you're acting is you're trying to find the truth in the character and you're trying to find the truth in the scene. No matter if the scene is a mom coming to terms with something involving her child or a scene where you're in outer space and your spaceship's about to blow up or, or there's an alien about to come through. You have to find the truth in whatever scene you are in and in that character. And Viola Davis can do that better than a lot of people. And I, I know she, you know, I think if you're going to be acting alongside such a legend as Meryl Streep, I'm sure you have a little bit of that like intimidation factor in there or you're, the fear or you're a little bit afraid and I think what why that performance works so well is I think any of that intimidation I don't know if she was feeling that or not but any of that intimidation was channeled into the performance so it even made the performance better um and she really did hold her own I I'm not I think the film is okay but I think her performance and that scene is the best part of the whole thing. And it's what I remember. I don't remember a lot of the rest of the film, but I remember that scene. And yeah, and when I think of 
Viola, I think of that scene as one of the ones that's up there that I think about because it is so commanding and you can't take your eyes off of her. And the way that she is able to shift the focus to her away from Meryl Streep is pretty remarkable. That's a remarkable talent. So, yeah. It really I, I is. The, I, I mean, we're not even talking about the other very, very, very good actor that's in that. That's Amy Adams. Oh, yeah. She's in that movie, too. And mm-hmm. people don't necessarily remember her performance at all because of Viola Davis and that 10 minutes that she gives you. It's 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 amazing if you think about it. It's absolutely amazing that she was able to do that with the um, the material that she was given. I love that you say, you know, you try to find the truth in the character mm-hmm. and the truth in that moment. And she really found the truth in that moment. She really stepped into a mother trying to come to terms with the fact that her son is being molested by a what she considered a father figure. And, and trying to reconcile that with the fact that she pushed her child to this person because you trusted them. And it's, uh, man, it's such a, such a great scene. It is. It's such a great scene. I, I have, um, I don't really, I mean, I know the basic premise of the movie. I recall the basic premise of the movie and I remember bits and pieces, but I remember that scene like almost frame by frame. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's also in a movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman too. You mentioned another outstanding actor too, you know. And and I love Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, and I miss being able to see Philip Seymour Hoffman performances, new ones. But I don't even remember him necessarily in the movie. So it's yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a it's a very very vague remembrance of his mm-hmm. portion of the film for me. It's, yeah. it's pretty vague, which is. Another testament, because like you said, Philip Seymour Hoffman's outstanding actor too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a just an absolute talent, and I do miss being able to see him in new material. That's uh, that's another really tough loss from yes. the, the acting community for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, well, I think doubt sort of started to get get her get her notice. Excuse me, but I think most audiences really took notice of her um, with the help which she has since come out and even said that she regrets doing it um, because it is a very, very whitewashed movie. Um, It's very much the white savior. It's very white focused. It's focused on um, Emma Stone's character. Of course, that's the main focus of the movie. Um, And so I just want to get your thoughts on that movie and her performance in it. And the fact that she's spoken out against it since then. Uh, So I read the book. And then I did see the movie. Um, it's it's one of those things where it felt like the trope of, and not exactly trope, but when Black actors were forced to only play domestics and um, or, or enslavement movies, uh, and that's the only way that they would get noticed. That's what it feels like. Um, I don't think you tell a story from a black domestic perspective from a white Southern woman's view and from their lens, which is how that book and how that movie goes. It's told uh, from the perspective of Skeeter. Uh, That's Emma Stone's character. Um, Viola is of course Viola. She is, uh, 
she plays sadness and and vulnerability and an anger that she cannot show mm-hmm. because if she does show it she loses her position she loses her job and she needs this job to survive she shows all of that just with her eyes she's able to show it just with her eyes and um the way she she holds her body, the way she her movements, you can tell that she's uh, downtrodden, that she is exhausted on a daily basis, and uh, how she's able to show that on screen is is fantastic. I understand hindsight is twenty twenty, and I get why she spoke out against playing that role because sometimes it's not all money is good money, you know? And it's one of those moments where I think just because you're talented and just because you can take really, really poopy material and turn it into, you know, into gold or at least silver doesn't mean that you should. And I think she understood that after the fact, mm-hmm. uh, but if you're looking at it just from her performance and uh, Octavia Spencer as well, mm-hmm. um, just from their performances alone, they're, they're two of the strongest performances that you'll see in that type of movie. You'll definitely, I mean, you won't see probably two stronger performances in the same movie. Um, but I understand her, uh, she probably had trepidation about doing it, but sometimes you move forward with things that you that you really know that you shouldn't move forward with. So I'm glad that she that she recognized that how harmful um, being in something like that could be, and I, I think she understood that for her audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and she's also spoken how you know early on in her career, the only roles she was offered was playing the crack addict mom. You know that 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 was she played that over and over and over again. And it it is true that there are certain roles that Hollywood is like, okay, this is what we're going to allow um, a black woman to play. And this is what we're going to allow a black man to play. And even though, like I've said before, Hollywood likes to claim it's liberal and likes to claim it's open-minded. And it's really not. It's just not. I mean, it's 2021 and it still basically is like, the 40s and 30s in some respects. I'm not saying in all respects, but in some respects, it really is like that. And Hollywood likes to pat itself on the back and say, look, we did this and we did this and, you know, we awarded this. But in reality, it's very much this thing of putting people in their places and putting them in their boxes and where they want them to go. And, you know, I mean, there's a great uh, YouTube video all about it's called, I can't, now I can't remember, it's called White Savior the Movie or White Something the Movie and Call It Out because it can't, it has to be us too. It has to be us making that that difference too. It has to be us deciding where our money is going to be spent. And that's the thing is it can't just be on everybody else. It has to be on us too as a white, as white viewers. And I know it's something that even personally I need to be better at. It's something that we all need to get better at. Um, fellow white people out there. So I want to mention that too, because I think um, that kind of gets lost in the conversation where we just are like, oh, well, no, 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 it's, it'll be okay. Or I don't need to do the work or I don't need to try and see these things or I don't need to try and watch different entertainment or I don't, you know, but yeah. So, okay. Well, I want to move on to, and 
I, I watched it in the beginning. I have to admit, I didn't finish watching How to Get Away with Murder. Did you watch How to Get Away with Murder? I did. And I watched um, all of the seasons. I watched it till the end. Uh, that last season ran off of the rails. I will say that. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that it's like, okay, we know we're going to be ending. So let's just throw out the most ridiculous storylines <laughs> that we can possibly throw out mm-hmm. and see if people will still watch. That's kind of how it felt. Um, I remember, though, her saying there, there are a couple of moments um more than a few actually in that series where things that have never happened on screen are written for her and she just performs them with, ugh. I mean, first off, she said, you know, there's, you don't see two dark skinned black people in the throes of passion (laughs) and of a certain age. That's another thing too. I mean, she was in her um, her late 40s, and um, I believe um, Billy, oh my goodness, I'm missing his last name, uh, but he played Nate on, on the show. Uh, he was in his, I think, his mid-40s when they're on this, and they're in a love scene, and you don't see that. You don't see that on film, you don't see that on television, and they're like, bam, in your face, right off of the bat. Uh, and then another portion in that um, in that first season, when she literally her her wigs, her makeup, that's her armor, and she strips her armor off. She she takes off the makeup, you know. And this is all filmed like with her in in the mirror. So you know the camera's filming her through through the mirror. So. They say the eyes are the windows to the soul, right? And so she strips her armor off. She takes off the makeup. She takes off the eyelashes, which are, that's one of the, I can remember that scene like like it was yesterday because it's so slow. Like each little, each little individual eyelash is coming off. Like she's just like that, like almost like a zipper. Um and she takes that off and, you know, she wipes off the lipstick and then she takes off the wig and it's just her. It's just her in the mirror. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And people wrote a lot about that scene, you know, better than I could ever, than I could ever write. And um, it's uh, just once again, testament to her greatness. She, um, she played the heck out of Annalise Keating at times that it, it, <laughs> the storyline suspended belief, <laughs> but she, she, but that's a character that people are going to remember. People will remember Annalise Keating, and they will remember the fact that Viola Davis played her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, it, it. Now, who knows when? Like you said, because Hollywood is Hollywood. Who knows when we'll get another uh, black woman leading? a drama or even a comedy who knows when we'll see that who knows i mean it ended last year so it's up in the air when we'll get to see another vehicle i don't know (laughs) i don't know when it will happen i really don't and to have the character have so much dimension and um to allow that character to command the screen and show every single facets of 
every single side of someone's humanity and who they are. And, you know, like I said, I only watched part of the first season, so I should really go back to it just because of her. But I do remember her. And, of course, the scene you talked about. I mean, I think everybody, even if they've never watched anything else in the show, knows that scene. Um, because, like you said, it's talked about a lot. It's written about a lot. I know um, I was watching an interview with Viola Davis not too long ago on CBS Sunday Morning. And, of course, that was mentioned as well. They talked about that as well. Um, and Billy Brown is the name of the actor. Um, I wanted to call him Billy Boyd, who is definitely <laughs> not him. Billy Boyd, Scottish yeah. actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I did think about... Um, also in terms of representation, you know, she's a, she's a bisexual character mm-hmm. as well. I think that is, I mean, that's unheard of on network television. You don't, and we talked about that in our, um, in our rom-com uh, yeah. representation uh, recording that you don't see that on screen. You can be, be straight, you can be <laughs> gay, Never the twain shall meet in the middle. So you don't see those bisexual characters. And here she is, a very grown woman who embraces her bisexuality and uh, and and says it at the end, you know, says it where I think she was kind of um, somewhat closeted in the, you know, in the early stages of that of that series. But toward the end, she she definitely was uh, was out and, and let people know that's who she was. Yeah, and especially if you're going to have a bisexual woman who is also a black woman, that's also really rare. Um, and also, if you have a bisexual character on anything, a lot of times they're portrayed as being um, sluts, for lack of a better word, um, or like they just haven't made up their mind, or they just need to come out of the closet fully, which isn't true. So it it is it is pretty revolutionary, especially if you're going to have that on a network television show not just a television show but a network television show um yeah that's that's important as well so you know we said this a million times on here but representation does matter everybody deserves to see themselves reflected back to themselves everybody deserves to see themselves on screen um no matter what i just think that's very very important um so yeah it definitely definitely matters so I want to move on to a couple of August Wilson performances she has given, um, of course, Fences, and then we'll talk about the latest Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So I want to talk first about Fences um, and her work with Denzel and her work in that movie. Um, and we mentioned this a little bit on our Denzel episode as well, but I wanted to get deeper into it on this one. So what was your thoughts, impressions of the film when you first saw it? Well, August Wilson's plays are so incredibly powerful. They are, if you've ever seen anything on stage of his writing, it is, um, they're impacts. They are powerhouses, almost no matter who plays those roles, um, because the material is so, so good. It's so good. And I recommend if you've never read one of August Wilson's play, read them. (laughs) Because they're really good, they are so so good, so um, so present to to today. Even if they're set, I mean, obviously, Fences is set in the you know the the fifties and sixties, 
even if it's set then, it still feels like super fresh and and super um, super present prescient to today. So she's so good in that. She's so good. She's so good with Denzel. Um, you got two actors of that of that caliber, and you get acting gold. <laughs> you really do. You get acting gold. She. We talked about how uh, Denzel's character is so mean. <laughs> so mean. He's just so he's like he's the worst husband. He's the worst father. Such a terrible father. My goodness. But um, the way she acts opposite that is, uh, she plays sad. She plays sadness so very well. Um, she feels you feel that sadness. The sadness uh, envelops you and um, you want to comfort that character. You want to be friends with that character. You want to build that character up. And um, wow, (laughs) I can't say enough about it. (laughs) I can't say enough about that performance. It is one of my favorites of hers. It definitely is. and then I don't know if you want to uh, if you want to to chat about your impressions of it, uh, and then I can go into to Maureen as well. So yeah, yeah, oh no, yeah. Um, and I I um, I know we talked about this when we did Denzel that we both got to see um, when we did Denzel. Sorry, my mind went to totally. <laughs> Um, but I know we went into, we went into that when we, we were talking about how we both have seen fences on stage and yeah, like you said, I recommend you see any August Wilson play live and reading them. And, you know, I think it's really important if you're a writer or you're an artist of any kind, especially if you're a writer that you read a lot of stuff and to see, um, what it takes to be a good writer and I think what works so well with his plays and with the movie as well is there's so much truth and honesty, so much truth in the words. Um, I like intimate movies and intimate plays a lot more than big, big, loud action ones, which I do like those. But intimate things work a lot better for me. Um, and that's why I like Fences, because it is this very intimate, intimate portrait of a family. And at times, and I mean this in the best way it can almost feel claustrophobic especially with Denzel's character where you're just like oh my gosh the way you're treating your wife and son is just so reprehensible and it infuriates you because these are two beautiful human beings who deserve so much better and so watching Viola in this movie and I would love to see her do it on stage like I said um, I'd love to be able to watch that it's just incredible because she just commands every scene and she's not afraid of getting raw and getting real and getting so personal. And she's not afraid to expose her whole entire soul and to just lay it all out there on the screen. It's just, it's just incredible to watch her and the chemistry she has with Denzel is pretty remarkable and pretty amazing. Um, They work so well together and I would love to see them just do a, 
bunch more. Um, I would actually love to see what it would be like to watch them in a romantic comedy that just hit me, just struck in my mind. I think that would be so much fun to watch that together and to see them play off of each other. Um, cause they do, they have great chemistry and there are just some actors that just work well together that you can see they respect each other and they want the other one to do well. And you can watch, you can see that on every single scene. Um, you can see from the direction that, uh, Denzel just loves her and loves watching her and loves capturing her nuances and, like we've mentioned and like I've mentioned a million times before, it's all in the eyes. And if you don't see that character in the eyes, everything else will fade away. And with that performance, you see every, every, every ounce of that character, every bit of her soul, every bit of just everything in that character you see in Viola's eyes. It's, it's a remarkable, amazing performance. And it just really blew me away. I mean, I cried at the trailers before I even saw the movie. <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. But yeah, I cried at the trailers and I cried in the movie. So it was just, yeah. It's a, it's it's such an emotionally driven performance. It's yeah. so emotional. It's so it, it almost makes you feel like you have an elephant sitting on your chest. But I think it's a good, it, it, because you feel that in the moment when she is dealing with this horrible person that's supposed to be her rock that is supposed to be the love is supposed to reflect that love back to herself and he never does he never does and it's one of those things that yeah it just makes you uh, feel like there's a weight and and you feel that she has that weight and it, but it's a good weight it's it's really really good when you mentioned it's funny when you mentioned that um a rom-com possibly with, with Denzel and Viola. <laughs> I was thinking about what if they did a remake. I don't know if you remember that Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin movie. It's oh, complicated. Yeah. Yes, I, I do remember that. So good in something like that. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. I think that would be so much fun. You know, exes who are secretly getting back together under the <laughs> 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 were air quotes cheating with each other that would be so much fun yes yes i i like that idea okay universe um and people out there film producers everyone come on let's make this happen hey let's make movie magic let's let's write it we can write a spec script whatever you need yes i think oh that would be great that would be awesome now i'm starting to Dreamcast in my head the rest of the cast i'm trying to think okay yeah, let's... Like, who else would be wanting this <laughs> That would be so much fun. And there are little secret rendezvous and mm-hmm. meeting in the hotel. I think, isn't there a scene in the hotel bar where they're meeting in the hotel bar or something yes. like that? Yes. Oh, I think. <laughs> I think it would be great. Gonna... Yes, we should make this one happen. <laughs> make it happen. Let's make it happen. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But another thing I want to mention really quickly about, about that performance is it's so raw, just so raw. Um. You know, I remember I watched this interview once um, with, um, oh my gosh, how am I, Sally Field. And she talked about how sometimes when she does a performance, it's almost like she's doing little cuts on herself mm. to make herself hot and very vulnerable. And I think you can see that in this performance with Viola Davis. It's almost like that same kind of thing where you just see it. She wants so badly to connect to her husband. She wants so badly to be loved and to be cherished and to feel 
beautiful and to feel desired and to feel respected and she doesn't feel that way and you can see that in everything even when she is confronting him even when she's finding her power in her words you still see that vulnerability of that I just want you to love me to really love me I want you to see me to really see me and I want you to be just I want you to desire me every part of me and I think that's another part of that performance is it is it's like you see every nerve ending, which is really remarkable because that's very rare to see that in a performance. Really, really. And I think I think she does that. I, I can't imagine anyone else in that role, even though I've seen it on stage. I still can't imagine anyone else in that role now. <laughs> it's one of those things that you have one person and one person only that you think of. And that's her. <laughs> That's like, yes. there's nobody else that can do that. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Well, let's move on to the other August Wilson film I want to discuss that just came out that's still on Netflix. So if you haven't watched it, please watch it. This is definitely going to be getting awards attention. Um, and that's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So I want to talk about that. What were your impressions of her performance and even the whole entire film? Because I know, um, you know, Chadwick Boseman, I think it's important also to mention that. So. So when it when it was announced, um, I was very excited about it, especially when they they announced the, the cast. Um, I know that people had a um, a bit of an issue, you know, because she was wearing she was wearing the fat suit, and I know people had an issue with that. And I think that at certain times we can be forgiving. Of, of that and I think in this instance we can be forgiving of it because she explodes on screen she explodes on it the um, the only thing the only other performance I can think of in terms of somebody playing a uh, a musical character uh, and playing it in that way is, is probably Angela Bassett as Tina Turner that's, I, I feel like this was gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that same that same raw, visceral, and I mean powerhouse, punch you in the face type of performance, and that's what we give. You know those close ups of her, that gold tooth, <laughs> um, you know, and the sweat when, mm-hmm. she, when she's performing, the sweat dripping off her face. Um, you feel that you feel what she's giving you. You know, I almost feel like she was probably she was probably doing the singing over the track. You know, that she had that she was actually doing the singing. She wasn't just lip singing um, because you can kind of tell when people are doing that <clears throat> when they're singing, and you know, the track is obviously playing over top of them. But wow, what <laughs> what an incredible! performance what an incredible performance just like just like Angela did with Tina Turner it's just I'm going to be thinking about it I I think about what's love got to do with it and it's been my goodness what almost 30 years for that I know I know it's like one of those things like what (laughs) I think it's been 28 years since, since that came out um and I feel like the same way like 30 years from now, we're going to be like, yes, it was all about, it was all about Viola Davis and, and Ma Rainey's. And like you mentioned, Coleman Domingo 
I can't say enough about Coleman Domingo because he's always been um, he's always been this really really great actor, and he's in so many projects right now that um, showcase his versatility. Because uh, I know he's on um, he's on Fear Walking Dead, <laughs> which I don't watch anymore, but he was really good at it. <laughs> the, like the three seasons that I did watch, he was really good at it. But he just did, um, and I think I saw you uh, you tweeted you tweeted about it. Him doing the uh, the special, the Euphoria special on HBO. Yes. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! If he doesn't get nominated for that, I'm I'm throwing shoes because he was so good. And you mentioned that you felt like he was on stage. When yes. his his monologue or his dialogue grew, you felt like he was on stage. And yes, he Coleman Domingo is built for the stage. He is built for the stage. He is built for for more August Wilson material. <laughs> so producers, if you have another August Wilson, Dizel, <laughs> you have another August Wilson um, uh, material to uh, to produce. I'll put Coleman Domingo on speed dial. <laughs> yes. And and what can I say about Chadwick? I mean, what, what can I say about him? That's another one that I'm so going to miss him. I do. I already I already miss him. And um, and not just because I think in terms of representation in what he did for um, for for black kids with uh, you know being Black Panther and being a superhero, seeing that on the big screen and seeing yourself reflected in a superhero, but just his, his own versatility. And, um, he was a gift. He was a gift, I think. And, um, I'm so sorry that he's gone because I'm going to, I'm going to, to miss that gift immensely. Chadwick felt like, he felt like one of us. He did. He felt like, he felt like one of us. He felt like somebody that you could just grab a soda with and sit down and just chit chat. <laughs> he never felt like he was putting on airs. Some some celebrities, I think, and and you know, actors, I feel like they feel untouchable. They feel really um, like you would never be able to sit next to them and just just chit chat, just talk it out. He never felt like that though. He always felt like he was part of the community. So I'm, I'm really going to really going to miss him, and I just went off on a chat with tangent <laughs> no i figured if we we're going to talk about this it would be weird not to talk about yeah not to not to speak on him and his performance was um was outstanding i think that uh, i don't want to get my hopes up too high but i'm my fingers are really really crossed for for at least viola and and chadwick and I'm, I'm hoping coleman domingo somehow manages to slide in there as well mm-hmm. i've Fingers and toes crossed for that because he was so good. He was so, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think there was some award he was that Coleman Domingo was nominated for or received recently. I'm trying to remember because I know because everybody was like, yes, finally, this performance is also getting recognized. I'm going to have to look that up. But yeah, yeah, that 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 Euphoria episode, that special episode, whew, that was, I haven't watched the other special episodes of Jules one. I haven't watched that one yet, but yeah, that one was just, he was so good in that. Just so incredible. And yeah, it's that it's some actors you can tell 
have that presence that they can just do pretty much anything. And I think he's definitely one of them. So I really hope he does. Um, and yeah, I've heard that criticism about Ma Rainey's and Viola Davis wearing a fat suit. And I understand the criticism, but at the same time, I do think sometimes we miss the fact that in Hollywood, it's hard enough <laughs> to be a woman in Hollywood and all the weight stuff and everything like that. And I can totally understand not wanting to do that. And I think it's fine. And I think as long as it doesn't harm the performance or hurt the performance, it's fine. And it doesn't look weird or off-putting or anything like that. She looks, she's amazing in the movie. She's amazing in, in, in it's such an intimate film. Um, I know I've mentioned this before that people have problems with movies that are based on plays sometimes because they feel it's too much like watching a play. But I personally love that feeling. <laughs> I, I love it because it's so much more intimate. And like she said, you know, with this character, you have this character who is making white people wait on her. And in that time, that and even now, that's an amazing thing to watch. And so to watch how powerful that character was and how that character owns every scene she's in and and not just because of the performance but it's just she just owns the room and she's also playing someone who was not afraid of their sexuality in a time when you would never ever ever talk about that kind of stuff i mean she's also bisexual and that's something that that, that she's not afraid to be upfront about to be open about and to see that and to see that in that time period is remarkable and incredible and the music is amazing and outstanding and it's just all the performances are are great and fantastic. And I would love to see this. I haven't seen this on stage. Have you seen this on stage? I haven't. And it's, um, it's one of those things that uh, put it on the bucket list. I, I definitely <laughs> want to see it on stage because I, 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 I totally get what you're saying. Like, I think a lot of people don't have an issue when, musicals yeah mm-hmm. are redone because generally musicals at when they're on stage are obviously big huge productions i.e hamilton um but that with that drama to film <laughs> it's a different feel it's quiet mm-hmm. it's quiet even in this instance when you have somebody who is almost larger than life uh, I mean, she's larger than life. She is. She's pow, bam, in yeah. your face, um, unapologetic uh, about her, about her blackness, about her um, her intensity with her music, um, about her about her authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, like as you said, in a time when that was exceptionally dangerous for her to to have the audacity to challenge stereotypes to challenge the status quo um it's an audacious performance it's uh it's that's the best word i think i can i can say is that it's that it is audacious and um it's it's boastful in the best way Mm -hmm. in the best possible way she knows she's giving it to us and she is going to give it her all Mm -hmm. and uh and we are just, we're, we're hanging on for the ride. 
<laughs> yeah, audacious is the perfect word to describe that. Yeah, so good. Yep. Mm-hmm. so good. She's we're we're lucky to live in a time that we can see her in the and see her take these roles as well. Because would this have gotten made ten years ago? I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it would. And and the fact that it got made now is, I mean, we're talking about it yet. for the last, what, seven, eight years, we have been bombarded with, with superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously Marvel has taken, uh, taken over <laughs> slightly, <laughs> which I don't, and you know what, and I don't have it. I'm not, Hey, I'm not one of those people that's like, Oh, another superhero movie that's that's not my intention at all i like them as much as the other person does some of them not all of them <laughs> um looking at you in game <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm not the only one but <laughs> no you are not the only one saw it once will not watch it ever again that's how i feel about that i digress um but there there's room for films like this there's room for stage of film productions and there's room for those quieter more intimate films that truly make you sit back and and just absorb a performance because there's no bells and whistles there's no cgi there's no action sequences it's the material it's the actors and it's the material and if it works it really really works in this instance Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work Then it sets it sets those films back like ten years. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm an indie film geek. I just always have been. Um, and uh, like you, I do. I I appreciate superhero movies. Some of them, um, I do enjoy good escapist fun film fare. I do like that. But give me a movie like this, um, you know, um, Loose f- from a couple of years ago was, I mean, that was from, I guess that was almost a couple of years ago here now. Um, that to me was, that was another stage to screen adaptation. And that was another very, very intimate movie with some outstanding performances. I know, I know I talk about Kelvin Harrison Jr. all the time, but I mean, really this and Octavia Spencer in that movie and... I think we need more of those because I think when we get real life reflected back to us, we can really, I I don't know, maybe it's just me being, I'm not an optimistic person, but maybe it's just me being optimistic of thinking when you have art reflecting life and society back to us, maybe we can take that and learn from it and grow from it and see ourselves in it. And I think that's very important. And I think you get that with Ma Rainey's as well, because I've also heard the criticism of this movie that because it's not like a typical biopic and it's more just an intimate portrait and really just covering basically one day almost. I mean, there's other things in there, but it's basically one day. And I heard the criticism of that, that people wanted more and people wanted more um, history and wanted it to be more like a typical biopic. But that's one of the things I appreciate about it is that it's not and that it is such an intimate portrait and an intimate character study and not just of her character, but other characters as well. And I think that's why it works so well. And all the performances are, 
I mean, everybody is amazing in it. And yeah, Chadwick Boseman is just, it's just so, so sad to me. Um, you know, that, that we don't, that we don't get to see other stuff that he would have done because he would have gone on to be like you mentioned in our Denzel Washington episode, he would have gone on, I think, to be the next Denzel or to be on that level at least because he already was, I think, um, the stuff he does in this movie is, is amazing. Um, you fear his character at times as well. And some of his exchanges are just powerful and amazing. And I'm not going to spoil one of the things that happens in the movie, but, he he just has some great dialogue, great monologues, um, great scenes, great interactions. And he's so great to watch because you see him inhabit the character and you see his body change and you see his eyes change. And you see just it's just he he was just a blessing and he was born with a gift and he shared his gift and he will have a lasting impact on film. I think he will always be remembered and not just because of Black Panther, which is important. But I think for other things as well, like this. So, yeah. Absolutely. I like what you mentioned about um, it being over the course of one day. And I know people are, like you said, it's not a typical biopic. It's um, a snapshot of characters living in a particular moment. And I think probably the the best, at least right now, the the best... um, companion piece to this would be something like One Night in Miami. Uh, That's a snapshot of one night Mm -hmm. in Miami (laughs) where where four um, icons come together and chit-chat. And that's what, I mean, this is what this is. It's it's four icons coming together. And um, Regina King had mentioned that it's it's a love letter to those four people and a love letter to four titans of uh, the civil rights movement and and four titans of, of black culture and uh, to the genre I think to, to to filmmaking to to acting because that's another one that almost feels like it could be on stage as well um, it's something because there's no there's no big, big scenes, with the exception of um, of Ali uh, in the ring. Yeah. But even that feels like it could be on stage. That doesn't feel like it could, that that it needs to be something that's that's on screen. It feels like that could have been on stage too. Um, so I love that the feeling that I could get from a film that could be on stage and something that could be on stage and, and <laughs> could be on screen. I love that. Um, and that's that's how I feel the same way with with uh, with Ma Rainey. And obviously, that that is a play that uh, has been adapted, and uh, it's so oh, Chadwick, just my heart, yeah. <laughs> my heart, yeah. my heart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't One Night in Miami a play? I think. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yes. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I thought. I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think. I think. I mean. I can't remember. I have to look that up there, but yeah, that's, yeah, there are some, oh, man, there are some great movies that have come out actually. Um, you know, cause there was a time for this year where I was like, man, there's like no really good movies coming out and now they're just all coming. Um, the powerhouses and stuff. Yeah. I just, I it thought, was, yes. A play okay. by Kemp Powers. Um, oh, okay. and his debut. 
Yes, first performed in 2013, fictional account of a real night of February 1964. A 90-minute one-act play. Okay, okay. So I think, yeah, you can can feel that. It's got that feel to it um, when you you watch it. It it definitely does. I would love to see that, actually, on on stage. That would be be something to see. (laughs) That would be pretty cool. The last... The last few minutes of that uh, of that movie, I'm just oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I don't want to say. A, I mean, this is a, a promo. If folks didn't know, this is a promo for One Night in Miami. I know. What? <laughs> <laughs> we promoted quite a few other things. We did. We did. Which is good though, because more people need to watch these movies. I, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. And the fact that we're getting these types of film on on streaming services. I mean, come on. That's that's amazing that we live in a time where we can get stuff like this on Prime and on Netflix. Uh, because if it was, and I think it's opening it up to a broader swath of people than things that are solely placed in theater. And I know, you know, obviously we live in, we live in the time of covid and stay home, folks. This is not the time to be, you know, out and about and, and doing all that. Stay safe, stay home. Um, but it does open it up to a larger subset of folks than if it was something, if we were living in air quotes, normal times. And it was, this was stuff, who knows if this would even have gotten made for, for the big screen. I don't, I don't know. If it if it would have um, perhaps Ma Rainey, because obviously you know Denzel has the rights to the four August Wilson plays um, and has made obviously has done you know, now these two adaptations of it. But and Vince's was a big screen um, production. But would One Night in Miami have gotten done on the big screen? I don't know. I I don't know. I hate saying that, but on the flip side, I'm happy that it was on prime and now I can watch it pretty much anytime I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's one of the positive things that have come from the, from this pandemic is you see a lot of movies that are smaller and don't get as much attention. Like, I mean, Ma Rainey's probably would have gotten attention because of Chadwick and because of that, that fact would have made it get attention, but I don't know if it would have gotten as many eyes on it. Um, and the same thing can be say, said for One Night in Miami and a lot of other smaller films that are getting more of a light shot shown on them, like um, like Sound of Metal and stuff like that, which I don't think people would have been paying as close attention to those if it wasn't for this time. Because those are movies that people don't want to make, sadly, because they don't think of them as money makers. And so I think that is a blessing of this pandemic is it can show people you can make movies that are cheaper to make and you can still get people to watch them. Um, You just have to promote them and advertise them and just have to get them out there. And I think that is going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, one of the blessings that comes from this pandemic as far as in the entertainment industry is giving more opportunities and chances to movies like Ma Rainey's like One Night in Miami, um, like Sound of Metal, that give them more of a chance to get a wider audience. And all of these movies also have that where you have more representation 
as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's, um, that's an excellent point because they wouldn't have been money makers had they been on in the big screen, on the big screen. Um, this would have been probably limited release. You, it'd be there and then it's gone and it would only be in certain big cities. So if you live in some place like, I don't know, Kansas City, would you have seen it? If you live in some place like Des Moines, yeah. would you have been able to, to see it? Probably not. Um, it, it would have probably been like one of those New York and LA <laughs> type of deals. And that's that. So that, that really takes down the number of people that could get eyes on it. Another thing I think with these films is that it is a lot cheaper to promote them. It's so much cheaper. You can do it. You can have this huge presence on free platforms like Twitter, like Facebook, like Instagram, and put all of these eyes and the younger folks' eyes on this. And they're going to spread the message like wildfire because that's what happened with One Night in Miami. There was a, a there was a live watch party on Twitter yeah. where people were live tweeting it. And, you know, Regina King was chiming in. Some of the stars of the film were chiming in. And you get all of these other people who didn't necessarily hear about it from the beginning saying, huh, well, I think I'm going to watch that. I'm going to I'm going to put it in a market on my calendar for like next week. So it's gotten this word of mouth that's really free and easy and cheap mm -hmm. to utilize as opposed to them spending millions of dollars on an ad agency for, what, a 20-second commercial? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or a McDonald's, like, <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, and I think there was also that one for Sylvie's Love, too. Wasn't there one that was done? And I know Barry Jenkins was doing that live tweet as yes, well. Yes. yes. Yeah, definitely. And that's another one. That's another one that probably wouldn't have been on, on the big screen. Um, access it through through Amazon Prime. So good. So mm -hmm. good. Another another film that gives you representation. You know, Tessa Thompson and Nande Asinwa, a.k.a. Carrie Washington's husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good, think, though. Yeah. Was, she was doing the live tweet, too, then, wasn't Carrie Tessa Washington? Was. Uh, oh, yes. Was. Yes. Uh, no, Carrie Washington was, too, though. No, Carrie Washington was definitely in it. Um, and, and Tessa Thompson, definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's that's one thing I will say. I mean, Amazon, there are a lot of problems with Amazon, of course. Yes. But I will say, Amazon Prime they are really good at highlighting and picking up and even before the pandemic independent films and films that haven't been seen by a lot of people. So I do think that that's one thing that they do really well <laughs> is that. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I yeah. They do well. <laughs> like what? Sorry. What was that? The only thing, the only thing they do well. <laughs> yeah. Very sadly true. Yes. 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 <laughs> And I know it may have seemed like we went on a tangent there, but I think that's that was an important discussion to have too, um, especially right now, uh, and especially fitting with what what we're talking about anyway, and what we talk about on this podcast anyway. So I'm glad we got to have that. Okay, so let's get back to Viola, um, and I want to know. Well, first, I'm going to skip over here and talk about her production company that she started with her husband, um, Juvie 
Am I saying that right? Juvie? Is it Juvie? Juvie Productions, right? Juvie Productions. Juvie yeah. Productions. Um, they've had some, I don't know if, I don't know how many people say it. Another Prime, Amazon Prime um, production is uh, Troop Zero. Really cute. Really cute yeah. movie. It reminds me, you know, it reminds me of like Troop Beverly Hills. Yes. <laughs> You know, except except set in the seventies. Um, it's it's a really cute movie. So if people haven't seen it, you know, it's it's lighthearted and it's fun and sweet. Something that you can watch with kids um, because there's not you know not a lot of language or anything like that. No no uh, sex scenes and violence or anything like that. So you can definitely watch it with uh, with the kids and, and have a good time watching it. And um, she's a lot of fun. In it, <laughs> she, she, she's great. Um, and Jean Smart plays opposite, and she's another one who's great, who's an excellent actress. Um, they did do a, uh, they did do a, uh, a film called Emmanuel from last year. Now I don't know where I need to look it up to see if it's streaming anywhere because. Um, that was about the murder, the massacre at Mother Emanuel Church mm. when that um, the uh, white racist uh, came in and murdered pastor and, and eight other people during the Bible study. Um, let me see. So it came out in October 2019. I'm pulling it up now. Uh, but I actually don't see where it is streaming anywhere. I guess you can watch it on Stars as well. Oh, yeah. I guess you can see it on Stars. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, because I hadn't, I hadn't actually, um, I hadn't actually seen it promoted anywhere. So looks like it's on Hulu also. Hulu. Oh, Slam TV Stars. And Amazon, okay, okay, yeah. So it's it's included with those. Um, if you do with uh, with Google or Voodoo, you'd have to you know pay the little rental fee. Mm -hmm. But it looks like it's included with um, with those streaming services. So I definitely have to check that out because I did want to. Uh, I have to be in the right frame of mind though to watch something like that. Um, that would be a very difficult watch. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely uh, but I think they're um, I think the production company is interested in telling stories that might not necessarily get told um, they're interested in independent quality independent fare and um, it, it doesn't matter if it's something that's a, it's a comedy like Troop Zero all the way to something that's heavier and um, that's going to be filled with sadness something like a manual so it's interesting to see the projects that they actually are taking on uh, because they kind of run the gamut from <laughs> they're wildly different. Sometimes you see people, you know, doing kind of one thing and it's exceptionally one note, but they are doing I mean, they're pulling things out very versatile and different types of um, different types of projects. So I'm interested to see what they do next. But I definitely have to put Emmanuel on the list to, to watch. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I should watch it too. Definitely. Definitely. Now that I know I can definitely watch it. So, um, and I'll be honest, I didn't even know about it, honestly, even though I, I know about the production company, but, and I did see Troop Zero. Um, and yeah, it was a very different performance for her too, because it was a different character and a lot lighter movie, of course. I mean, it's the Troop Beverly Hills comparison is a really good comparison because that, that works. But yeah, that's definitely a family film. Um, nothing you have to worry about, parents. Um, <laughs> and getting confirmation from a parent <laughs> helps me know that I'm saying that right because I'm not a parent. But... <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> some of this stuff uh, my daughter wanted to watch. Well, we did end up watching Wonder Woman 1984. And, um, oh, gosh, it was such hard garbage. I'm sorry, but it was. Oh, it, was I agree. <laughs> it was really not good. Uh, she liked it. But there was, uh, you know, there was some parts that I was like <laughs> covering her eyes, like don't watch this part. And just, just for anybody out there, she's ten. So if you have kids around that age, you know, there there might be a part where you have to cover their eyes just a little bit, just a little bit. So yeah, so that's that's my uh, parental advice for the day. But yes, <laughs> true zero is something that you can watch with them and, and just have fun doing it and you don't have to cover their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I mean, I think the biggest way you can have any kind of say and clout in the industry is with a production company. I think that's a big way they can, or being a producer or being where the money is or being like, okay, well, if this story is not going to be told by this production company, I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself. I'm just going to go ahead and get this project made. And so I think, so I, I'll be excited to see what comes out of this production company. I'll be excited to see what projects they take on. And yes, having a wide variety, I actually think that's more exciting than having just a, a niche, um, just because it just, it gives you more opportunity to reach a wider audience and to reach a wider group of people. So it'll be exciting to see what what, ha- what comes from that, so... Yeah. Um, and then I just want to ask, are there any other favorite performances or movies you want to give a shout out to? I really like her and Widows. I really like her and Widows. And I thought that that movie was not promoted properly. Because when I, when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem like what the trailers were telling me this was about. Um, that it was more of a of a heist movie um, that it was something I thought that should have been promoted like how they promoted Ocean's 8 uh, I thought that it should have been you know like Ocean's 8 but with more drama that mm-hmm. kind of thing um, I thought it was great I did I liked it uh, I liked it a lot actually and um, Viola is commanding on that screen she that movie could have been just her <laughs> to, to be honest and I like I like um Elizabeth Becky a lot she's one of, she's she's outstanding in a lot of things that she does um but it really could have just been the Viola Davis show and um and kind of nobody else <laughs> not even the, not even the guys <laughs> and there she could have been just the only widow we didn't even need to see them in, um, but it was. That's I think that's a great movie for her. I thought it was a great vehicle for her, but like I said, just not not promoted properly. 
Mm -hmm. I, I really wasn't, in my opinion. Uh, they could have done a much better job. I don't know what ad agency they used, but they didn't do their job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very, very, very true for that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was um, another, um, I don't really want to use the word daring, but it was another uh, performance from her that I think was a little bit different and a little bit push, pushed some boundaries and pushed herself. And she was incredible to watch in that movie and, um, you know, just how she commanded everything. And she was a power, a powerhouse. That's another powerhouse performance, another powerhouse character. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think the marketing and you see that happen a lot of times, unfortunately, but I do think the marketing of that movie was pretty poor and pretty bad. And people didn't really get the idea of what that movie really was and what it really was about. And I think if people did, it might have had a bigger draw to it um, because I know it was, it was hyped up long before it came out critically, the critic critically, it got a huge um, positive reception, but it wasn't marketed the way that even critics were describing it. So, you know, and people don't always pay attention to critics. They pay attention to what they're seeing on the screen promotion wise. So yeah, it wasn't promoted very well. There's also a movie called Lila and Eve, which I don't know if you've seen that one. I did not see, I, you know what? It pops up on my uh, Netflix algorithm. Like I should watch this and I've never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why I've never watched it. That's the one with Jennifer Lopez, right? Um, that's yeah, that's um, yeah. I'm pulling it up right here to make sure I've get. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I have no idea why I've never watched it before, though. Like, it, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> because it literally comes up like almost uh -huh. every time because I watch a lot of um, I watch a lot of detective and, and mystery kind of thrillers. And stuff like that. So it's always on the Netflix algorithm. Always. It's just, it's it always lands on there. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that's another one that's that's really good as well. So I wanted to highlight that really quickly. Because I think that's one that people don't ever, ever talk about or think about, honestly. Um, so that's, that's another really good one. So yeah, definitely watch that one. Um, and I just can't wait to see what she does next. I mean, I don't know if you knew that she's going to be playing Michelle Obama in an upcoming thing. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. I didn't. I, I know did I see that. that. Mm -hmm. I did see it. And I was like, oh my goodness. That's <laughs> going to be a thing. That's going to be something very, very interesting. I'm excited. I'm really excited about what she does with the material. As long as the, I mean, even if the material is, is probably, you know, hot trash. Uh, she's still going to. She's still going to be fantastic. <laughs> she's still going to be really good. Even, yeah. Even um, you know what? I had actually forgotten. She was on one of my favorite shows that I liked way back in the day. Um, the I don't know if you remember this. It was Tony Collette's show, United States of Terror. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was in that. I had forgotten. Yeah. I happened to just be. I was looking at her IMDb. <laughs> And she was in that. Yeah. Um, I want to say that she played, she was either like therapist, I want to say. That sounds correct. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. yeah I might be wrong about that. Cause it's been a <laughs> long time since I've actually watched it. Um, yeah. If she wasn't the therapist, she was, she was definitely another therapist. 
<laughs> but I remember her being in it because I really liked that show. I did. I really, I really liked it. Tony Collette, another wow. <laughs> another yeah. Yeah, another outstanding another actress. Yes, yes, definitely. So she's been in she's been in quite a few. She was on that show, Century City, that came out like 20 plus years ago. It's about um uh, it's about these attorneys in LA. It's kind of like a like like LA law, sort of. It only, but I mean, it was, it only lasted, I think, a season. It was really short. <laughs> yeah, you know, United States of Terror was a really good show. It was a really good show. It was. Yeah. I was yeah. so sad that only got um, three seasons. I felt like, I felt like we could have gotten five. Mm-hmm. Like that would have put a nice, um, a nice ending in it because I felt like it ended on a cliffhanger, if I'm remembering. I need to go back and revisit that. That's yeah, one of those, like, yeah, because it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, yeah, since I've since I've watched it at all, so I do need to go back and, and take a look, uh, see see if I remember how good if it's as good as I remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> that can happen where you have this love in your head of it, and you go back and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Was I really, what was I really watching? <laughs> I don't think that'll happen with that one, but. I don't think so either. I don't think so either, simply because um, Tony Collette is as good as she, as is advertised. And um, her playing, that was like almost before Orphan Black, there was the United States of Terror. Because I mean, she was playing, you know, we always talked about Tatiana Maslany playing like 10 different characters and, and Tony Collette was playing like six different personalities in that show. Um, and I think people out of sight, out of mind, right? People forget how good that was. Plus that was pre, that was really pre-streaming and um, pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So People, it, it ended before that really took off. Um, I mean, well, Twitter was out there, but you know, definitely not as big as it is now. So um, th- that's funny how how things circle back, how you circle back to things that you didn't even think about before, and just like, huh, I remember how good that was. I remember <laughs> that like that a lot, and I remember that people didn't. You know, people talked about one performance and how that's like just so outstanding because I mean, Tatiana Maslany won an Emmy mm-hmm. and like a Golden Globe and SAG Award for her work on Orphan Black, and I don't think Tony Collette won anything for that. I want to say I don't think so. I think she was nominated, but I don't think you know, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and then I'll just throw out really quickly since, since we were talking about her, is um, it's still a shame that she wasn't nominated for Heredity. Oh my gosh, that! But that's because they don't like horror movies. But <laughs> time I will never watch it again. <laughs> terrifying, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I think. Oh, you know what? Though speaking of horror, I think Viola Davis would be excellent in a horror film. Oh, yeah, I would love to see her in a horror movie. Okay, so we've got to get her in a romantic comedy and a horror movie. And a horror movie, yes. <laughs> yes. We are just, I mean, we are tracking, we are giving her um, her, her career advice, not that she needs it, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Has she been in a horror movie? I don't think so. 
I looked up her IMDb and yeah, I, didn't I didn't see anything on there. Unless I'm type of horror movies at all. See, um, see it on that. Yes, yes. I would love to see her in some type of like psychological horror movie. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. That and the rom com. Yes. Give it to me, Hollywood. <laughs> Give it to me. Listen to our words. Heed us. <laughs> Okay, well, I want to wrap up just talking about what you think her lasting impact will be and what her impact has been so far on um, film and TV as well. I think, well, I mean, her being, what, the only third Black woman to ever lead a television series. You know, you had Diane Carroll, you had Kerry Washington, and then you had Viola Davis. That's something that is, I mean, it's built into the historical record of television now. Um, so that will never be taken away. And um, that's something that people people are going to use her character of Annalise Keating in acting classes, in scene work. They're going to pinpoint her uh, her work in and and showing this is how you do this and <laughs> you want to you know hey don't copy her but copy her <laughs> um so i think her television impact is is huge i think her her film impact you know the more credits that she gets the bigger the impact she's going to have and i already think like we we're talking about a movie that's you know almost 12 years old we're talking about doubt we're talking about 10 minutes worth of screen time and we're still talking about it. So we already know what her impact is on film. We already know that um, it's something that, that she is a, a talent. She, her talent knows no bounds. The same way we talked about Denzel being, you know, just limitless talent. It's the same thing with Viola Davis. And um, it's, she's, she's one of those actors, actors, you ask somebody who their favorite actor is. You act and ask an actor who their favorite actor is. And her name is going to come up like, you know, eight times out of 10. She's going, she's talked about the same way we talk about Meryl Streep. She's talked about in that same vein. And I think that's her, that's her lasting impact. Other young black actors will, will look to her and, and white actors too. And, you know, anybody will say, I want to be Viola Davis. I want to give my all on screen and um, and have people almost melt <laughs> in uh, in in emotional uh, explosions from what she does, from what she gives us. Um, so I think it's uh, the even with for somebody that is in their fifties, I still think the sky's the limit for her. I don't know if that sounds weird, but it you know she's. I, I do. I think the sky's the limit, and especially with her own production company, because she can cast herself in whatever she wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She can be like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Exactly. You're not going to stop me. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'm going to make this. I'm going to make this rom-com, and you're going to love it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and this horror movie. Yes. <laughs> you're going to be terrified, but you will also love it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do agree. She's, I mean, she's right up there with Meryl Streep and all the greatest actresses ever. Um, and she will be studied for decades to come. 
Um, and I think just like Denzel, she will be working well into her 90s um, because she, this is her passion. This is her love. And it's something that I don't see her quitting anytime soon. And we wouldn't want her to quit anytime soon. Um, and I can't wait to see what else she does and how much further she pushes herself. Um, and then also I can't wait to see that rom-com that we have designed at our <laughs> Her and Denzel, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be so amazing. I'm going to love every second of it. <laughs> yeah, we have put that out there. It is going to happen. <laughs> it will. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, I, I can't wait to watch what she does next. And yeah, I agree. I think actors will always mention her as one of their favorites. Um, and I think that will be the case for decades and de upon decades to come. Um, I'm sure actors that are born right now that are going to end up being actors will study her. Um, her performances will be studied in, in school and classes and colleges, universities, everywhere. Um, and I'm sure since she went there that she's already studied in Juilliard, I'm positive, um, since she did go there, which if you didn't know that. <laughs> um, and she did talk about that. It was funny because she compared that to, oh, my gosh. She compared going there to when you take Mucinex or something like that. Like, <laughs> like fiber? <laughs> something like that. I can't remember. It was some medicine. Maybe I'm getting the medicine wrong. I'm sorry. It was on Sunday morning and she was, they were asking her about it. And she said, you know, it's like one of those things where it's necessary, but it's very painful and it breaks you down and it doesn't taste good. And it's not always enjoyable to go to a school like that, but it also makes you feel better and makes you a better performer. So she was comparing it to some kind of over-the-counter medicine, which was a very interesting comparison. But when she explained it, it really fit. Um, but yeah, sounds, I'm sure. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, it sounds right because, <laughs> you know, the whole breaking down part and then, and then building back up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. She's, um, she's one of the best classically trained actors I think we'll ever see. Um, yeah. She she really is just just oh, so incredible, so incredible. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad we got to to speak about her and talk about her and celebrate her. And I think it was a really really good conversation. So thank you so much, Tiffany. Um, so if you want to just say where you can be found and promote where your writing can be found as well. And well, you can find me on the Twitter, <laughs> and I am at who is Tiff is me. That is at who is Tiff is me. I'm generally talking about something that I've seen that I either A, did not like, or B, loved. So, yes, uh, One Night in Miami, loved. Check it off. Uh, the Little Things, mm. <laughs> not so much. Still love you, though, Denzel. Um, and then you can also find my writing at the Game of Nerds, uh, and that's the Game of Nerds across all platforms, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, and we're always looking for writers, so reach out if you'd like to. Awesome. Thank you so much. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at eAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod, no it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, any show notes, anything at all, feel free to email us at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com. And next week, Tiffany will be returning 
um, and Carla will be back as well. And then we're going to have Tanya on uh, the Black Panther episode. But we're going to be doing one episode about the history of representation. And then we're going to be talking about Black Panther. And also keep an eye on our Twitter page because we're going to do a live tweet of the wonderful documentary, which I've talked about on here before, Horror Noir, which is the history of um, black representation in horror movies. Um, And it's just a great, fabulous, wonderful, amazing documentary that, of course, is on Shudder. Um, And so we're going to be doing a live tweet of that. So just keep an eye on our Twitter page for that. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Temis. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Aaron Amos. And our producer is Lilith Tafola. I'm your host, Aaron Marlowe. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Thank you so much. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.